0: Woody Womack, joined by Dave Lackford for a special Commitment Issues podcast. Dave, are you there? I could, I could barely see you in all that camo. Watch out, man. I'm going to sneak up on you. So uh, let's jump right into story time. When I was in high school, and I was a you know kind of a douche, as you might imagine. Still are. Yeah. Uh, anybody wearing camo like you, I'd bump into them in the hall and be like, oh, sorry, I didn't see you. Ha. <laughs> I would do it every time multiple times a day and i I'm never sure got nobody
1: got tired of that
0: well i'm sure they did but you figure some redneck dude would have knocked me out at some point right
1: i mean i don't, I don't know I don't, i'm not into stereotyping large swaths of people you know are you trying to say that rednecks are, are inherently violent and thin-skinned i'm just saying they're t- a lot tougher than me i don't know what do you what i mean you survived a lot man you know
0: so we don't have any big news to talk about and if, if you don't know what Dave and I, Dave and I do this show on video now also so you can watch that you can see uh Dave in his camo uh with it you got a grill on your shirt too? Yeah. I'm in I'm in corporate wear uh because I just hosted a thing with Mike which I think we're gonna run at the end of this me and Farrell uh talking about a bunch of stuff. It was actually not bad. So uh check that out too. Um but we just want Dave want to just get on here and talk. Or I wanted us to do it, uh, get on, talk, say what's going on. Uh, in terms of recruiting stuff, it hasn't really slowed down, right, Dave? I mean, the kids are still uh, plugging away.
1: Yeah, kids are still asking who makes edits, and then, you know, first 25, you get those edits all the time. <laughs> um, one, one thing I've noticed is uh, a lot of kids are posting, like, unsanctioned edits, meaning the edits don't come from the university. They're coming from, like, fan art. So when I, when I see a kid, and, and let me ask, bounce this off you, Woody, when I see a kid do that, right, especially when it's uh, from a school that's like in his top 10, I'll go hit the media button on Twitter and scroll down and see if he has an official edit from the school. And if he doesn't, that makes me think the school isn't really recruiting him like that. He's just through the top, that school in his top, whatever, to like give him some clout. What do you think on that? What's your take?
0: I like that. That's invested. That's why you're a real journalist. Uh that you know, that's doing the work. Uh what so what was that tweet that we had from uh the Tennessee tight ends coach, uh Niedermeyer? Do you remember that one? You sent it to me.
1: Did he, uh not not I saw I saw an old miss coach say he feels like hunting turkeys? <laughs> I was like, I thought what? it was a Virginia Tech coach at first. I was like, Are you calling Hokies turkeys? That's not that's I've been seeing
0: a lot of turkey hunting going on, on my from from players. Uh which I had to remind one of the guys who's going into the draft. Uh as he has he put a thing up of his new AR-15 that he got. I was like, you might want to hold that till after. <laughs> Why? I'm just I'm just saying, let's not affect the draft stock with the AR-15.
1: Uh you know what I'm saying? I mean, hey, look, he's he's got he's got a second amendment right to bear arms. He's not a convicted felon. I don't see I got an AR right now, <clears throat> 42 shot clip, in it what's sorry let's, magazine let,
0: let's not pull that out uh, i'm trying to find okay so here's the tweet from Niedermeyer, who i think might coach another position now other than tight ends but anyway he's tennessee's like ace recruiter right mm-hmm. so he tweets this on the 31st asking all recruits which one do you want number one a daily genetic or generic graphic sent to 75 plus kids with your personal email or your personal name slapped on the back of the jersey or a picture on a phone question mark, or a genuine talk with coaches about life and what their plan is to develop you. Leave a comment.
1: I'll take the edit. <laughs>
0: so, what's funny is, you know, that like the kids that they're actually recruiting, they want the edit. Right. Yeah. So he's got 222 responses on this. Um, uh, not a recruit. Listen, this guy, this guy Ross Beverly, who's a Tennessee fan, says not a recruit, but I'd love a generic graphic with my name on it for a phone background.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I'm with him on that though. You know, well, and many, so, here's here's what it is, right? <clears throat> How many of these coaches? So I talked to Jansen Dunn, right? I talked to his father, actually, not him. And Jansen he's a, yeah, he's from Kentucky. He tucky, he's a high-rated defensive back. Very versatile, can play safety, can play corner, and he's heavily recruited. You know, he's got he just dropped the top seven. It had you know Ohio State, Oklahoma, um, Louisville made the cut. You know, some, some some really good teams on there. Tennessee, and one thing that stood out to me uh, that his father said was he wanted to narrow it down and get it over with, and <clears throat> he just wanted to put five down, but his dad wanted him to go with seven, and one of the comments his father made was, you know, I just hope I get my son back after this because there's so many calls all day. Like sometimes there'll be like 90 text messages from coaches. So these coaches don't understand that. Like you're, you're, you're dominating these kids time. And I can imagine it's only gotten worse since nobody's really doing anything right now. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to sit there and talk to coaches for four or five hours out of my day, just throw me the edit every now and then. And, and you know, but that's just me, but the, The father said, I'm hoping I get my son back now, which is crazy. So so you know that his time is is totally commandeered by the recruiting process and all these other coaches. So, I mean, I, I see why kids just want to want the quick edit and, and, how many of these kids you think really are like, "Oh, cool man, Coach Niedermayer's calling me. I, I can't wait to talk to this guy for 30 minutes." Like you don't even pick up your phone when I call you cuz you're like, uh, this is going to take up 45 minutes. I'm not trying to go through this with Dave." I just blow him off and send him a text, right? Well, I'm a, uh, people
0: do that to me too cuz you and I are the same. We talk, get us talking, forget about it. But the kids, right. what people don't understand and like especially olds that like us and people of our ilk, the kids don't want to talk on the phone ever to any person. <laughs> like maybe they'll FaceTime. And even then when they're FaceTiming, they're not even paying attention. They're like doing other stuff, looking around, then going on the phone. Hey, I'm going to the fridge. Like you'll probably see with your kids, right? That'll be on FaceTime. They walk into the room to do something else. And you're, you got, they got someone's face on their screen.
1: Yeah. It's my, it's my youngest son is the worst with that. Like he's always got like a little girl on his FaceTime, Like he'll be asleep. And his phone will be propped up with like a book or something, and it'll be his girl, and they're like watching each other sleep. To me, that's the corniest. <laughs> I'm like, man, you have no game, Jace. But that's what the kids do. They ain't trying to talk to no old stankin' old coach. They trying to talk to the girls, you know.
0: Right. Well, see that that was the other thing I thought about the uh, your guy, the dad there. I'd be like, oh, mom, I gotta talk to Coach uh, Urban Meyer. I'll be in my room for thirty minutes with the door locked, <laughs> 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 like. I mean, so somebody, uh, of course, you know, he got... A lot of these comments are interesting, but he got trolled, of course, by other fan bases. And uh, some Florida fan said, sounds like a lazy staff if they can't do both, which I also thought is true, right?
1: Hey, touche. Now,
0: (laughs) and then every other one is like a million people putting their film on there, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, I see that now.
0: But even... But you know, uh, I just think like Tennessee's like Tennessee's not going to send out graphics. Of course they are, right? Um, I see it all the time. So this came out. Now I'm going to look because you you know you read between the lines here. I think you can figure out who he was going at. So he tweeted that on March 31st, um, and if we do the old uh, if we do the old homework. Uh, let me find the exact... I'm trying to find the exact tweet here from, from the guy that, that I saw at the same time. Probably shaking the screen in the process. You are
1: shaking the screen. My bad,
0: my bad. I got my thing set up on... Uh,
1: I see it. The fake background.
0: Yeah, so we got... cut so, out. The
1: cutout is piss poor, too. It looks like one of the first episodes of South Park. <laughs> well, no, it's
0: a green screen. Oh, you got the green screen. Yeah, okay. It's a green screen type thing. It, we threw it up quickly, but... Uh, it's better than the app, though. Right, exactly. So... So, on March 31st, uh, Junior Colson, who's one of the top linebackers in the country. From Tennessee. From Tennessee. At, Brentwood, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, Ravenwood, but in Brentwood. Uh, okay. He, at 237, he tweeted uh, a graphic from Michigan, right? Right, right. Now, let's go back to our boy Niedermeyer. At 352, tweeted that status, right? Then... At 9.09 09 PM, who had a graphic from Tennessee? Junior Colson. None other than Junior Colson. Let's go to the let's go to the old uh let's go to the screen sharing tool here, Dave. There it is. Oh man. So that's, that's clean. clean. Now the Tennessee media staff is is definitely elite. I'm gonna give them a lot of Yeah, credit.
1: that's that's super professional, man. I like that. Here's you what awesome. that's what are we doing? We're doing the Pharrell thing from 2006 – <laughs> what are we doing here?
0: Uh, you're looking at the Michigan one here now, right? I know.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at the Michigan The Michigan one looks like the Pharrell Williams um, cartoon little character things from back in the mid-aughts. Well, the, um, the, they're they're called tykes, and the kids still love them. Do they? I mean... They know,
0: because he tweeted this and was like, oh, let's oh, see, look, he tweeted the little sweating... Stick. Uh, um, st- this is sick emoji. Right? sick fire and then the third one he got on that day at 903 was Ooh. Oregon truck one which is kind of cool because I think they actually this is like their equipment truck got the
1: when system. I look at that when I look at that truck I'm like "Yup, that's what you do when you go to Oregon you drive it to the middle of nowhere <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> hey it's true
0: he's on he's they probably just passed my mom's house uh if, if they're headed up i-5 there you know she's hey, like yeah. He's like 18 exits away. So go over there and mow the lawn, Junior, while you're in town. Um, So Tennessees
1: look very professional. Tennessees look like something that a Fortune 500 company would put out, right? Michigan's was kind of childish. Here's the thing, though. When we talk about the long talk with the coaches, so I guess Al Washington is a recruiter at Michigan, right? That's the position, Coach? Yeah. Who would you rather talk to, Niedermeyer or Al Washington? Well, kids love Niedermeyer. Do they? They love
0: the dude I don't uh,
1: every, what's his, what, you, you you're familiar with Tennessee what's Nita Meyer's personality like
0: everyone's like he's a young guy who's cool I think he's like from Alabama so I think he's kind of like I think he's kind of like classic you know uh, classic Shelby, bammer chubby southern guy who do funny stuff maybe probably probably wasn't afraid to jump on a table or two back in the day you know dude, like, people-
1: People from Alabama say the craziest stuff that like makes sense to them, but makes sense to no one else. So when I was in Philly, I was cutting this group of dudes' hair from Alabama. And the one dude said, uh, he said something like, Oh, I know exactly what it was. He said, Man, that woman's fine like frog hair, slick back with mayonnaise. And I said, <laughs> What is what are you talking about? And he goes, you know, frog hair. You can't even see it. It's fine. Imagine if you slicked it back with mayonnaise. I was like, oh, I would see was a frog covered in mayonnaise, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I wonder if he, I wonder if he says stuff like that. I, you know I, mean?
0: I don't know. You know, yeah, he unfollowed me on Twitter. So best believe. Oh, what you do to him, Woody? Best believe I hit him with the unfollow back. You know, I'm the state a, of Tennessee I, just hates you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a man of the people. Go, go into the go to Tennessee. Uh, he's from Alabama. He's not from Tennessee. So go get, he's at Tennessee now <laughs> and he's affiliated with the university there. So anyway, uh, I thought that was interesting. So when we're talking about edits and all that stuff, so kids are just want attention right now. I do think if we have, say this goes on. So, so, you know, we don't want to sit on here and be like, Ooh, how would they schedule ooh, conference games? Cause we don't, it's so stupid to eat. I don't
1: care. You. Yeah. I mean, what are we talking about? here? Right. I, it's I, like, it's I'm like when, not looking at Twitter, man. Like, God. right? It's it's man. like when the
0: NBA gets into this, like, oh, they're going to add a midseason tournament. Well, how would it work? It's like nobody cares. They're never going to do it. They're just saying it so you'll talk about the NBA when nothing's going on. So, uh, so number two. So we're not going to hypothesize on when the season starts. We'll just assume high school football starts as normal in August, right? For the sake of this conversation. Sure, for the same conversation. Right. When these kids can go take visits and stuff again, I mean, the wave of decommitments is just going to be epic because I'm noticing, and I'm noticing this, you know what else is going to be big? The wave of schools dropping kids. Oh, yeah. Because I'm seeing a lot of guys committing now. I'm doing the social media now, right? So I've committed. I've said, look, if a kid commits and we have one video clip of the dude, I want to put it out. I want to put the video to go with the story, right? The amount of commits that have happened over the last two weeks where I'm like, do we even have a picture of this guy? <laughs> like, I mean, Ooh. yeah, these are players who are not necessarily highly recruited, who maybe got an offer during the last evaluation period and say, look, I'm going to jump on board at a place where I can oh, know my I have a, a
1: yeah. spot.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. The problem sure. is, as we've seen, coaches are ruthless and they have no problem taking that spot later
1: right yeah yeah yeah. unless unless it's like a local kid that's the one time where you kind of like are locked in if it's a local kid it's very rare you do that so I saw a kid an uh, offensive lineman I had never heard of last the middle of. he's from Fort Wayne Indiana right and he picked up a Louisville offer someone tagged me and I was like okay cool whatever and then he the next day picked up an Indiana offer and he just committed the day So how how often do you see a kid get an offer and then four days later he commits? To me, that reeked of I'm gonna save my spot in state. I'm good because they there might not be a season. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So a lot it might benefit some kids who you know would go out there and not really look that good, um, who who are gonna go to a power five school like in Indiana and um, for better or worse, who knows? Maybe they maybe they should have been like a little lower. Maybe they should have gone to Ball State but they ended up in Indiana now because you can't really evaluate these kids the way that you would evaluate them. I mean, Louisville got a kid named Vic, Vic, Vic Swan Brown and uh, Chad Simmons did the interview with him. And he's like, yeah, I committed because the coach took me on a virtual tour, but I'll keep all my options open. I'm taking all five of my official visits. If I can, <laughs> I'm like, that's not a commitment, bro. That's that's a, uh, a bookmark. Okay. So say, so we all we hear all the time, oh,
0: camps are useless. Coaches don't use camps for anything. Meanwhile, you and I both know that every coaching staff in the country tries to bring – especially like, okay, say the national champions, LSU. They'll take your commitment now, but you better – you'll be out there working out in June with everyone else in that heat in Baton Rouge. Like, their camps are, like, legendary. Same with Clemson.
1: Right, yeah. I've seen – remember there was a kid from – from uh, Kentucky a while back, I think the 18 class who uh, was out there at that LSU camp, and they got pads on. It wasn't like it wasn't like a, our camp where we can't have them out there in pads and helmet. This full pads and helmet, and this kid was getting annihilated. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't send my kid to them LSU camps, man. You get exposed out there for real. No, and, it's um, so- but here's what people don't understand. It, People see all these offers, you know, kid. Oh, blessed for my thirty-fifth offer from blah blah blah. A lot of those offers are camp invites. You can't commit right then and there. The new, the new, the new camp invite is an offer, right? It's an uncommittable offer. We want you to come camp, and then we'll see it. You talk to coaches; they'll tell you. You know, I'm like, oh, what's up with this kid? Nah, he's a camp kid, right? That means you got to come to camp in in the same type of camp that rivals puts on. That you're in your, you know, you're running. You're, you're doing lateral drills. They'll, they'll watch you stretch, and there'll be somebody back there with a pen and a pad saying, oh, he don't have any flexion. He's stiff. What's the one knock you hear on kids all the time? He's stiff, right? That's like the new, the new in vogue term that coaches use when they're evaluating a the kid, you know, stiff, not twitchy, can't bend, all these things. That's one of the things that coaches look for now. So you, you, you can look good on film, but, you know, you might look a little tight. Uh, and, and you won't even know it. Like you'll be out there, if you're a recruit, you'll be out there stretching, thinking this is BS, you know, this is a formality and the coach will be like, nope, <laughs> he can't touch his toes, man, scratch. So a lot of these kids with all the offers, they got to go to camp. Right. So, and, and when we base they people that talk bad about the rivals camps, and stuff like that. Cause I know that's where you're going with this, right? Well, I was going to
0: say, I, I, no, go ahead. Finish your point. I'll, I'll tell you what I was going to say
1: there are a number of factors that go into evaluation, right? For rivals. It's not just the camp. You know, people are like, Oh, the kid didn't show up to camp. That's why he's only a three star. It's like, there's kids that are just blew off the camp. Like, dude, I don't need to camp. And there's still five stars. Nick Bosa comes to mind, right? Probably Joey didn't camp either. So a lot of kids don't camp and that's fine because there's other methods of evaluation. You look at the film, the film don't lie, you know, and um, guess what? we actually go to the games and we'll watch a kid go like a quarterback, go like one for 12 with two interceptions and two fumbles and be like, "Mm." (laughs) so it's not like this is the the camp is the end all be all. It's a year long, two, three year long process. You know, I've seen kids come up from eighth grade and that's why people call me about Kentucky kids. They're like, what do you think about this dude? I'm like, "Uh," you know, a little overrated, Blah blah blah, or really slept on. However you want to go, because I've actually seen them in person, right? So it's right. not all about just what you do at a camp. I mean, that would be that would be stupid. You know
0: what's crazy is I was watching. This would be for your uh, Louis, couple guys for your Louisville audience. So uh, I'm posting old clips on Instagram and stuff. So Jair Alexander is a dude that I must have seen five times. You go to his profile and you look at the articles, and it's like top performers. Jair Alexander, he a Charlotte camp. Right. two-star Charlotte commit. Jair Alexander, he was great. Woody sees him at the sh- we at the Shrine Bowl. Jair Alexander was great. He's one that we overthought because we're like, oh, he's skinny. Oh, he's he's going to he was going to Charlotte at first. Okay, he's going to Louisville. If we would have put the emphasis on the camp that we should have, he was a no-brainer four-star based right. on his skills and fundamentals. But we overthought it, right? Now, Makai Becton, who's going to be a first-round pick, probably a top-10 pick, uh, which, by the uh, way, uh, maybe. I want to talk about a little bit something else about him, a complaint I've got. Um, he came to Charlotte, weighed like 400 pounds, like legit was like 385 pounds. One was a three-star, won the MVP. I was actually searching for something like Google Drive, and I sent you a couple of things I wrote. Yeah, I wrote that was where he like opened our eyes. And I was like, look, I, look, okay. He weighs 385 pounds. Okay. He could be a member of my extended family. Uh, <laughs> a, a woman. A woman. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's a runt. <laughs> looks like one of my aunts. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, he has enough athleticism that if he ever, now skill wise on his fundamentals, he probably should have been higher. Definitely. But well, we didn't know, like, the boom or bust, the way you have to measure it is, look, what if he eats his way out of a scholarship and he's not yeah. playing in a year? Now, uh, so I did, were we low on him? Yes. Do I think we, he was a big miss like Alexander? No, no, of course not. Well, he now, finished
1: as a four-star.
0: Right. No, he finished in the top 250. Mm-hmm. Should have been higher. Should have obviously been a five-star. Should have been a top 10. No, yeah. so here's the narrative that's floating around. People are acting and saying that going into this past season, when the coaching staff was hired, he was like some fast slob.
1: Nah, he was always good. That's what he I'm was saying good from his freshman year. I, I know, but the, 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 all I hear
0: is, "Oh, this is a guy. He oh the when Satterfield and him came in, they had to whip him into shape and blah." I'm like, no, like there's no way. One of the guys who works uh, the rivals camp, who coaches O line is a trainer for the draft down in South Florida where Beckton's been down there working. And he's like, Oh, I've known him forever coming out of high school. He was like that, but he wasn't 400 pounds in January of 2019. And I don't know where that, like th- these lies start. And I, I, if I hear one more draft, dude say it, I'm going to go on
1: Twitter and be like, Hey, Oh, I'm going hey, Twitter. Uh, be warned, draft guys. Watch out! Uh, We're going to go on Twitter and get seven retweets.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I got a lot. I got a lot more Twitter followers than a lot of these so-called. More than
1: followers. me. I don't know how you do it. You're a jerk.
0: Um. So, <laughs> so anyway. anyway, uh, my point was when I started bringing up all this camp stuff was, these coaches are going to be in trouble if they can't have these camps to evaluate because yeah. you and I both know. When you're standing next to a college coach or multiple college coaches at a game on the sideline, the vast majority of them are just hanging out, BSing. They're there to see one guy to say like, hey, I'm here showing you love. They're not evaluating. They're not paying attention at games. They're not filming. Now, one thing that I always say about Kirby Smart, and I don't know if this was an edict from Nick Saban or not, whenever I saw Kirby Smart as an assistant coach, you know, say seven, eight years ago, that dude, oh, look at this, props, look, green screen, camera, he had his camera with him at all times, I'm talking about, I went to a spring game, which was loosely described, but here in Tucker, Georgia, where it was like an intra-squad scrimmage, and Kirby was out there with his camcorder filming every single play, now that's engagement, that's like, you see how that guy went from being a DB coach to a head coach in like eight years and making the playoff and almost winning national championship. And I'm told his staff does the same thing now, but there'll be dudes who fly in from a thousand miles away who come up and like dap me up on the sideline and be like, yo, Woody, let me see that list. (laughs) (laughs) Whose number? Like you mentioned, uh, who are we talking about? Dane Key? Is that what you said? When? Whose dad were you talking about earlier? Oh, Jansen Dunn. Oh, Jansen Dunn.
1: Yeah.
0: There'll be somebody who will come to a game – a coach will come to a game to see somebody else, and they'll be like, oh, who's number 16? I'll be like, oh, he's a sophomore whatever. Now, before I go to a game, I make a list, and I've got it all written down of every person. Like, I even go look at the – and I'm not saying I'm some scouting wizard here. I'm saying this is basic stuff before you go to a game. I will go and look at a roster – and I'll see a guy who's 6'5", 275 pounds, and he's a freshman. And I'll be like, let me lay eyes on that kid, and I'll take a picture of him. Um, perfect example was William Barnes. Okay, mm-hmm. you him? Yeah. Four-star, who's at North Carolina now. So his freshman year, I went to watch Martez Ivy and Chandler Cox. Barnes is down in Florida, right? Yeah, he was at Apopka. So, yeah. so I went to watch Martez Ivy and Chandler Cox playing a game because we wanted to see him. And I was down there for something else. I went to their Jersey presentation. I went to watch him play. I see this dude on the sideline and I was like, yo, who is this kid? Right. So, so I went and talked to him and I was like, Hey, what's, uh, what's your deal? And he's like, Oh, I'm on the JV team. They just let me dress for the playoffs. Right. I said, take my number, send me a text, whatever. The kid's dad texted me, William Barnes's dad. Says, hey, I'm a sheriff or whatever. <laughs> yeah. why, are you, why are you giving my son your phone
1: number? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you look like him. He's
0: 14. So anyway, I say, look, here's the deal. Uh, I know popka produces talent. I know your son's not playing this year. Take, uh, take my number. You come to the, uh, you, and you remind me in March or whatever. This was in like November. You remind me in March or whatever. You come to the Rivals camp. Kid comes to the Rivals camp no offers wins the MVP, right? First offer came from North Carolina, yada, yada, long story. He ends up going there. But people that think that college coaches do that, the the majority of the ones I deal with, and this is talking about guys I get along with, well, they don't prepare like that at games in the fall, and they sure didn't do it knowing, well, I'm not going to have a spring evaluation window, and now I might not have camps. So we're going to find out who was doing the work, right?
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all different though. I know coaches who do most of their work in the lab. Like they do most of their work on film and they'll write down, I need to see this thing and this thing. Right. So they'll go to a game and they'll, they'll see the things they need or they don't see the things they need. And they're like, all right, this kid's a take right now. I've seen what I need to see. Doesn't even have to camp or "Eh, I didn't really see it the way I, I wanted to see it come to camp. But with Kirby, I mean, where were you down in Georgia? You were in Atlanta at that time.
0: Yeah. He was working at Alabama. Then. I mean,
1: the thing is though, here's what it is. It makes sense for Kirby smart to do that when he's, when he's flying out to Atlanta to evaluate kids. Cause what he's going to do is he's going to catch all the kids out there. He's not going there to just see one or two kids. Cause a lot of times these Atlanta schools got six or seven power five level sec dudes out on the field at once. So, you know, it's like one star, one stop shopping going to Walmart. But if you come out here to, to, uh, frankfurt kentucky to see wandale robinson you're gonna see one d1 kid on the field so you're just looking for one kid to see what you need to see and then you call it a day i think so it you know it, it matters who the coach is where the coach is going what school we're talking about all that good stuff Now. If, if you're saying that you've seen these coaches come out there and do that in the same context this Kirby smart, like everything is controlled. You're at the same school with the same level of talent and the coaches are doing the same thing. Then yeah, Kirby stands out amongst the rest because he's like a forward scout. He's out there like you looking for the eighth grader that's dressed up. Like, why are you, who are you?
0: you know? Right. Well, so I'm just saying, no, your point fits in with mine. This is where we're going to separate the old, the men from the boys here on who, Has been doing their homework and who can actually evaluate. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying like, this is not going to be, this is going to be the most unique cycle ever. And in three or four years, we're going to look back. And if a school went from, you know, being eight and four to being four and eight, you're going to say, man, they wasted that whole 2021 class was a bunch of busts, you know, or
1: guys or or another thing you might see is those those guys, you know those guys, there's like 25, 30 of them that pop up towards the middle of a cycle just out of nowhere and they blow up and you're like, oh, who's, what the, what happened with this kid? Right. Those kids aren't going to go to big schools because they're not going to get seen because we might not have a season. So you might end up seeing it's going to be a bad draft year for, for you when you do your Twitter thing where you start saying like what they were ranked because in 2023 draft, you might see a bunch of kids from EKU and Tennessee Tech going in the first round. You know what I mean? Because nobody got out to see them when they blew up their senior year. Kids grow crazy. You jump sometimes, you know, from your junior to your senior year. You might shoot up three, four inches or something.
0: You know, a kid sent a DM to the Rivals account today. No way. Let me find it. Hold on. Let me, let me look it up. Uh, How many of those do you get? Oh, uh, like, dude. I mean, just an endless amount, the DMs, so the DMs weren't open when I took over the account, which is crazy cause you had DMs from like Bleacher Report and people like that being like, yo, can I use your video? And like, they just <laughs> never got answered, you know? Yeah. Right. Uh, or no, it's nothing to use my internet. video. So this kid messaged me, uh, or messaged the Rivals account, sorry. Uh, and uh, he sent me a message and he said, here's my highlights, how you doing, sir? In the film, in this film, I'm 6'3, 215. I'm now 6'7, 250. Wow. So you're talking about this kid who in his profile picture, uh, I mean, looks like he's like nine. (laughs) Right, right, right. Because it's him and his thing. He's grown four inches in six months, right? And added 35 pounds. Now, I don't know if that means he's good or not, but or if
1: that's true. <laughs> right, or if it's true. I'll be like, send me the send me the tape. Uh, send me a picture of you standing at the doctor with the thing <laughs> on your head next to the next to the triple beam and holding today's date today's people pointing at the date. You know what
0: handlers love to do, which I'm sure you do you do.
1: I know like, I know what handlers love to do. They'll be, like,
0: they'll be like, I found this kid, and they send you a picture of the kid standing next to
1: them, and they go. You know how tall I am. Look, yeah. he's 6'5", or whatever. Yep, yep. So there's – I, I appreciate that, that scale. Because if I know – so if my boy Chris sends me that, I know Chris is like 6'3", 280, and if the kid's, like, bigger and wider than him, I'm like, geez. Sometimes I'll do that to a kid. Like, they'll they'll be – Chris will show me a kid, right, and be like, you know, this is so-and-so. He's about this tall. He weighs this much. And then he'll start talking trash. And I'll be like – look man you still you you ain't got no growth potential man you're too thin and I'd be like stand behind Chris and I'd be like see you just disappeared you're <laughs> supposed to be a left tackle and this, this wide receiver is wider than you <laughs> like I so I like the scale I like to have things juxtaposed with another thing because it, it lets you know it's the truth so if that dude's standing next to D Wade or something I'd be like all right you know I know D Wade's 6'6 that dude's throwing D Wade so there was this
0: dude who I used to deal with who I think is out of the handler game. He had enough of it, right? Oh, man. Cut it down. He played in the NFL. I think he played for the Cowboys, a couple other people, right? And right. He was in Memphis. Uh, so he was always giving, giving Memphis. You see why he, qu- he quit the game because kids in Memphis were burning him or whatever. He was <laughs> –
1: yeah, 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 Memphis is rough, man. He was
0: kind of a soft – he was a nice guy. He was from yeah, Memphis. nice out there. You got to be a wolf. Right, he was from Memphis. He was a nice guy, but, I mean, he would just be so hurt if the kids, like, double-crossed him or whatever. He just couldn't take it anymore. So, uh, somehow – so, I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast, but somehow everyone in American Samoa in the football community knows who I am. So, whenever there's, like, an – You look like one of them, bro. Right. Well, hey, listen, I love my time in, in Hawaii, but – uh I bet. So he would go out there on, like, this, like, church missions or whatever. And he would be sending me those pictures. And we're talking, like, this dude's probably, like, 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. He'd be sending me kids. He'd be like, this kid's 17. <laughs> It'd be, like, a six foot eight, like, 400-pound dude. Polar bear. Right. And he'd be like, I'm bringing him back or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't – That's a, that's a go-to method, but uh, we need that with this six for seven kid. But I'm just saying, Dave, this is going to be fun to look back on if we're still alive and if we're still doing this. I know. Right. So, all right. Hey, listen, that's a lot of football talk. We said we weren't going to talk about anything. We just got going. Uh, that's let's do some non-football talk. Let me see what I got on my list. I made a little list here. Okay. So Dave, are you familiar with what's going on with these rats?
1: nah man so you're a big city guy so you're like we know rats bro there's tons of rats in the city
0: right so when you're in philly dealing with rats
1: no big deal right no big deal new york is even worse man you hear because you know in new york they built the buildings where in the middle they got these trash dumps so people walk down their hall dump the trash in there well they're defunct but you know, vermin just nested in there and they're still there. So in New York, man, they got rats so big, you can hear them running up through those things at night. Doo, 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 doo. And they're scary. But yeah, I know about some rats, but I don't okay. know.
0: So because all the restaurants are closed and the streets are empty, where are the rats going to get their food, right? We saw pizza rat. We saw. So, so here's a story Okay, from the Washingtonian. Now Cassidy sent me this. Uh, from rodent expert Bobby Corrigan. Rats will first go into panic mode and start running around the streets to look for food in their usual areas. So don't be surprised if a usually rat-free neighborhood is suddenly swamped with fuzzy creatures cavorting in broad daylight. Once the rodents realize their go-to buffets are closed, they'll begin to turn on each other and go full cannibal. Okay? And yeah, rats are more inclined... To to flight than fight will forage for new food supplies and potentially make their way into your garbage or kitchen. Okay? So they said like in New Orleans, rats are everywhere right now, right? In this article, I don't know if that's true. So about a week and a half ago, I go down into my garage where I got my little gym set up. And I see on the floor, a huge white rat Dead with blood on its face, right? Mm-hmm. So I texted to Cassidy and I said, Did someone find out I snitched? You know, what's the. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's sending me a message. Uh, what's going on here, right?
1: Well, he, he, he,
0: right. So he found that article and sent it to me a couple days later, right? So I got rid of the rat and threw it away. And I talked to a couple of other of my you know, more country type friends and I said, Oh, I better got in a fight with another rat and it lost the turf war, right? Mm. So I got rid of it. I put bleach on the blood where it was on the concrete. It was gross, but I got rid of it. So then a couple days later, I go back in the garage and I'm like, man, it smells like something's dead in this garage. So I'm tearing stuff apart. I'm moving everything. I'm trying to figure out like, what is in here? Is there another dead rat? Is it from the rat that died? But I cleaned it up, it shouldn't be, right? I couldn't find it, couldn't find it, couldn't find it. So today is Monday morning. I said, you know, Mr. Shut Up and Train's been on my case. You're working out? You're working out? What's going on? So I said, you know what? It's Monday. Let me get off to right foot. I go, I run a mile. I come in to start working out. I'm like, man, it smells, it still stinks in here. I move the lawnmower, right? And what do I find? But another dead rat. Like, gross. Like, I'd been there for a while. Was it a big one? Yes. What happened? Here's my theory. Mm-hmm the two rats got in a fight under the lawnmower and they both died because they cut themselves on the blades. Uh, And the one, the the one escaped like 10 feet away and died, but the other one was dead underneath.
1: I mean, that doesn't sound plausible though. I mean, the blades weren't moving. If the blades were stationary. No, but they're tangling around and hitting into the blades. Uh, Perhaps. Maybe maybe they just killed each other and they died from their wounds after the fact, you know? Right,
0: right. That could have happened too. But uh, either way, (laughs) it was a super gross morning for me. And instead of working out, I had to clean up another dead rat. And it was uh, not as easy as the last one. We'll put it that way. I don't want to get into too many.
1: So I had a friend back in uh, Kennett Square, Pennsylvania. His name was Dane. And Dame was one of the first ones of us that had his own place, right? Okay. So we were on like 18, 17. He was like 19, I was 17. He gets his own place, right? So that was the spot and it was bad. I mean, it was like the worst spot ever. And it eventually got infested with roaches, like really bad. Like they had albino roaches. They had so many roaches in there. And he he had a theory, which was one day, one day he killed a roach and just left it there. And then he came back like an hour later to clean it up because he forgot about it and the roach was gone. And then a day later, he thought he saw that same roach with like <clears throat> a leg missing, crawling around on the countertop. So he had a theory that roaches come and fix each other. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Both of these fit in with uh, that episode of Rick and Morty, where, where uh, I think it was the Pickle, Pickle Rick, Rick
1: episode. Pickle Rick. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking roach doctors, man. Well, roaches will survive the uh, nuclear apocalypse, you know. So,
0: now nah, roaches are tough to kill. They got these big palmetto bugs down here in the south. Uh,
1: yeah, man, they're not as bad as the little ones though, because they don't infest you. They they'd rather stay outside. It's the little ones that live in your walls, man. Oh, I know know, I haven't seen any roaches down here in Louisville like that's one thing that I I can say is a definite upgrade because it don't matter where you live in Philly like if you go to like an old block you're gonna have roaches. you're gonna see roaches like even no matter how clean you are because they come from your neighbors same thing with the mice the way the mice work I lived on a block on 16th street right um 16th and Brown and uh on that block they knocked down the house on the end and that house was vacant for about two three years so when all the mice lived there so uh and they were like you know they would kind of like travel around through pick up food through you know the walls and the basements and, and cracks nooks and crannies but when they knocked that house down at the end it is the, the mice just infested everybody else's house so what they would do is they pop up through your little We you got those vents on the floor you know yeah i got those here. Yeah, the air return, they pop up through that and then they run through another one. And man, it was so bad when they first knocked that house down that, I mean, I would lay on the couch at night and I could see into the kitchen and it was like a freaking highway. It was like I-95, you would see these mice going back and forth. So what I did was I took a big garbage bag and stuck it in the middle of my kitchen and I put those like sticky traps on the ground. like like, not the ones that got like the little edges but the straight flat ones, you know what I'm saying? And I watched this mouse go run up saw the sticky trap, and he like did a, a triple axle backflip off the bag of trash and tried to gnaw into it. And then he felt like he was falling and he jumped back off. So man, it, those mice, man, they, they'll take over your spot. If you don't watch out, man, they're, they're crafty too.
0: Oh boy. That's, there's
1: like four or five of them though.
0: That's our video for Twitter right there. I'm going to, I'm going to clip that for sure <laughs> 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 and put it out on my Twitter feed. Uh, so there's your there's your rodent update. Uh second thing I got. What else Wait, I got on my
1: you go there? Did you see the picture of the coyote going down that main strip in uh Chicago? Like, no, Chicago I didn't. Dead, and there's like coyotes rolling running around downtown Chicago. So it's crazy, man. Hey,
0: let me catch one of those coyotes over here. It'll be going down
1: <laughs> well, you can't even catch the the rabbit that tears up your garden bro. Well no
0: I mean the the you know my dog will get the coyote but uh the coyotes actually here i have run into one uh in this area not in this neighborhood but i used to live right down the street and i came up on it and now the coyotes i'm used to like out west are kind of like scrawny and measly and they're always like trying to find food this this dude looked like a giant like siberian husky this this dude yeah, I was like, I was now it was scared and it ran off, but I mean, it was like bigger than a German Shepherd. I, I'm used to like,
1: you sure that want a wolf?
0: <laughs> no, it uh, it could have been a wolf, but uh, no, it was definitely a coyote. It was. like had some orange uh, tint to it. So
1: uh, coyotes are all over America. They used to. They used to be all over Fairmount Park back in Philly. Like they just invade Fairmount Park at night. It's crazy how many coyotes are out here. You wouldn't think they're like. When I think of coyotes, I think of like being out in the wild, wild west in a campfire with like your, your can of beans. You know what I mean? And the coyotes come for you. But no, nah, man, they're out in the cities. They're out here in these streets.
0: So I had another complaint about abbreviations because everybody keeps saying these PPE masks and you know how I hate how people think I hate how these people use abbreviations. Like they think everybody knows what it is. So right. PPE is personal protective equipment, but it's a stupid abbreviation, but we are not to talk about that. Now I do want to talk about this, Dave, and this may lead to a video challenge.
1: Uh-uh. If
0: I see one more person pushing a stupid car, a football player on the internet, like, oh, my God, he's pushing a car.
1: It's in neutral. It's easy but to put your car in neutral.
0: Let me tell you something. How many cars have you owned that broke down on the road that you had to jump out and push?
1: Yo, my cousin Eric, when we were in high school, my cousin Eric was the first one to have a car, and he had, like, a Scion or not. A, I forget what it was called. It was an old Volkswagen Scarab or something like that. And it was stick, but it, the starter was broken. But, you know, you could start a stick if you push it. Yeah, and push it. Yeah, right? But Eric was, you know, it's high school. He didn't want to get made fun of. So we'd have to wait for everyone else to leave school. And then he'd be like, all right, all right, go ahead. and Push it so I can start it. Because he didn't want anybody to see him doing that. So. No, I mean, it's it's nothing. You put it in neutral, and once you start getting some momentum going, it's nothing. Like, my 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 16-year-old son could go out there and push my Buick down the street. Big deal. Right. You know, if you put that joint in park, <laughs> or you, you throw the emergency brake on, I right, know you're doing something, big dog.
0: Right. <laughs> I'm just – sick. Of, I seriously have contemplated going outside and pushing my Jeep down the street and being like, here you go. Can, am I ready to go in the first round? Like <laughs> – it's not that impressive. No days off. <laughs> right. So, so let me tell a crappy... So, so, when I moved from Oregon to Florida, I had this nice car. I had a Suzu Rodeo, right? Oh, yeah. I used to but, like them. But I had the rim. You know, I had, like... Oh, I had yeah, you like, had it checked out? Ex, yeah, expensive rims. Rims probably cost two grand or whatever. I can't oh, remember. I was in high school though. So, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm balling.
1: Were you a cruiser? Were you a cruiser? Did you have lights on the bottom of your, um, was No, your I seat? didn't
0: need that. I didn't need that. All I needed was the car to get, to, to get girls to go to lunch because we could go off campus for lunch, you know? Yeah. So it was all about the flex, but I was working a full time in, in high school, like my senior year, like that summer. And then into my senior year, I worked a full, I worked 40 hours a week, 4 PM to 1 AM. And then I had like the few, first few periods off and I'd go to school. So I was making bank, I was living at home. This is when I thought my mom was gonna help me. Yeah, my, I thought my mom was gonna help me pay for college too when I was frivolously whoops throwing money around. What
1: size rims were they? Uh,
0: they weren't like, this was pre like, you know, this was just about having to shine. You know what I mean? So you kept them clean. Right, so anyway. So, uh, and this Isuzu Rodeo is a four wheel drive too, so I could go up to the snow, I could do whatever I want. In your rims. Right. So anyway, I moved to Florida, right? I probably still owe like five grand of my car payment. Uh, Total, like I got like two more years left, right? So, you know, Florida's got these crazy rainstorms in the afternoon where it just pours down rain out of nowhere. So I was selling credit card machines at the time, commission only salesmen with residuals, set you up to take credit cards. I get a tiny little taste of the action And and I sell you the machine. So I was dressed, you know, faux business casual, which I would love to see how stupid I looked now wearing like crappy, what I thought was nice clothes. But you have like,
1: marble khakis and a right. I don't like what you're probably wearing right now.
0: <laughs> right, this is my work. I'm, sadly, I have to wear this. For, or is it? It's backwards. I gotta wear this for work. Rivals Camp series. I've never worn this shirt out of the house, by the way. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, my I just went Remember when, like, square-toed dress shoes used to be a thing?
1: Uh, yeah, I, unfortunately, I, I succumbed to that there.
0: So I was wearing some of those. My feet got slippery. I'm in bumper-to-bumper traffic, right? Uh-oh. And my foot, like, slipped off the brake. And I rolled forward probably, like, less than one mile per hour, right? And I hit a dump truck, right? And so I had a, gr- I had a grill, too, on the car, like a br- uh, brush yeah, yeah. guard. Yeah. and that pushed into the thing messed up the radiator you know it's like when you rear end someone right so they take it into the shop they're like nah it's totaled because they were like you got to get a new brush guard that's this much i was like i don't want any of that just fix it and now we're totaling it out well then they determined it was worth like five grand right <laughs> so they paid off the car and i got no money out of it so i had nothing did you have gap insurance no, Dave, please. I just told you I'm a commission only salesman. I had nothing. So at this point I'm broke. I got no money to buy a car.
1: But did you I, owe money still? Like, the no, 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 when no, no. Finance when you finance a car, you might owe eight, but it's only worth six and then you're, you're on the hook for the two grand. That's no, it was a, it was a,
0: it was a straight wash. Okay. I didn't know anything, on that. but I didn't have a car anymore. Well, but I put like five grand down when I bought the thing. So Okay. Yeah, you know, it was a bit. It was a huge loss for me at the time. Anyway, so I bought a five hundred dollar Cutlass Calais. Okay. Right?
1: I gotta Google that. Go ahead, keep talking.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's an Oldsmobile. You know, old school Oldsmobile, like a grandma car, and the uh, thing had like
1: you called, it, you called a Cutlass what?
0: Calais, C A L I A S. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was
0: cruising in that thing for a while, and it had the thing on the ceiling. You know, remember when, the, like, the lining would start to come off? Yeah, yeah, you got to put a thumbtack in there. Right, and if you pulled it off, it'd be all, like, you could write your name in it. And
1: stuff. Yeah, it'd be that nasty, like, uh, couch cushion-looking stuff. Right, right.
0: So, but look, that car was cool because it only had, like, 80,000 miles on it. Well, at some point, like, two months in, the head gasket blew on that, right? Cool. So, I got no money out of that. So, I'm down, so I'm, I got no money. I got no money. I got no car, because I bought that car from $500 from like some girl's grandma, because it's an old grandma. bought the grocery getter. So I go to, I forget whose car I was in, I was like, borrow my roommate's car. And I go to this car dealer who needed to be set up to take credit cards. And I said, listen, this machine's worth $1,500. <laughs> which It's worth like 200, right? I was like, you give me a car on the lot We'll do a trade straight across, and so he picked this Chevy Cavalier, like Sport Edition, that was like seven hundred bucks. And it was one of those things where water would just be in the back seat, even though it just <laughs> rain. You'd be like, "How is the floor wet? It didn't rain." So I was driving that. <laughs> yeah, it was flowing through the car—that's what it is. Uh, but it would just die. Like you'd be driving, and it would just shut off.
1: The Chevy Cavaliers might be the worst car ever made, for real.
0: Right, so I remember one time I was in Orlando and I was getting ready to go over the highway, right? I'm stuck in traffic and the car shuts off.
1: They start rolling back downhill
0: on you? Well, yeah, and there was nowhere to go. Like, there was nobody with me. There was no shoulder. And like in Atlanta, I see it all the time where people's car breaks down, where they just they just shut the door and put the flashes on and sit there, right? Yeah. But I, I wasn't about that. So So I had to like, get into my offensive lineman days. Like I was pushing the sled, you chopping the feet to get the car rolling so I could get onto the freeway and get off to the side.
1: Should have put that on You should have put that on Twitter and tagged the Oregon state coach and staff. Man. I probably still had
0: two years of eligibility
1: at that point. Listen, man, I had, I had a better story with my car though. So I had a Honda Accord. It was like a 98 and the transmission blew on it. Right. So I, I, didn't want to fix it. It wasn't worth that. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go to the auction out in Philly, out in Northeast. And I was going to, I got a Nissan Maxima. It was like a 1991 Nissan Maxima Hunter Green. Right. So as Mm -hmm. soon as I drive it off the lot, I hear and I said, what is that? Turns out the transmission blew, but it just wouldn't go in reverse. Right. So it would, it would drive, but just wouldn't go in reverse, right? That's an easy problem to work around. When I I had to park, what I would do is if I, you know, I worked at the airport at that time, right? So we had an airport parking lot. So, you know, the big thing is you go park, you catch the shuttle. So what I do is I would, uh, you know, find a spot, look around, nobody's there. I'd line it up and then what I'd do, I'd open the door, put it in neutral and then just kick the door back. Like the I'd kick the car backwards with the car in neutral like the Flintstones, right? So one day I got to, let's say a road rage incident and uh, the door got slammed shut too hard and would never open, right? So now I can't open the door to kick my car backwards. So when I'd go to the employee lot, right, I'd have to, like, circle the lot and wait for one of those situations where, like, both parking lots are open so I can drive through <laughs> so I can pull straight out. <laughs> so, and then that car, and that engine ended up exploding on me on 76, like, uh, on the way home from work at, at probably, like, 12 o'clock at night because I worked a lot of overtime because I was trying to get a new car and um you know that was my story and, and that car blew up on the side of the road and I got stuck in one of the you know I was, I was in the hood and there was no uber back then or anything like that so I had to hike it out to the the bus and uh, that was no fun but man I had really bad luck with, I had a steering wheel on his Honda Accord, I had a 1990 Honda Accord. And when I would ride long distances, I'd rock like this to try to stay awake. And I did it so much that I ended up snapping the steering wheel off. <laughs> so my steer, I had a half a steering wheel.
0: <laughs> Boy, the, the, uh, the, the car tails. That's what I'm saying. So, so look, if, if young Womack and Lackford were pushing our cars left and right, I don't, I don't want to hear it.
1: I was kicking my car with one foot, bro. Like one <laughs> foot, babe. My left leg was strong as an ox.
0: Your calves were looking like Cassidy's. Yeah, uh,
1: my glute, my left glute was swollen up.
0: So, uh, so I don't want to see any more feet of feet the, feet those dumb <laughs> videos. Uh, I wish I was. You know, I was talking to Kruger the other day uh, on the phone, and he he had a rant similar to his kidney one. Oh, but it's not for it's not for public. Unfortunately, we couldn't run. We can't run it. But he had me laughing harder like he was all up in arms about something related to npr and he had me laughing and laughing and laughing so maybe if i can get him to clean clean it up uh we can bring that on uh i don't think we need any more tweet we don't need more tweets we're about good we got i don't know how long we've been talking for but this is a good podcast i think
1: i think we i think we did all right i enjoyed our little conversation
0: all right so remember you can watch the podcast on youtube Subscribe on iTunes. We got to get on Spotify, Dave. I noticed they're letting everybody on Spotify now.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And you got a podcast? you want to plug
0: it or what? What's your podcast called?
1: Oh, it's the, um, the Cardinal Sports Cast. It's our new podcast we're doing over there at the Louisville site. So if you're a Louisville fan and you want to know about um, their football recruiting, I'm your guy over there. <clears throat> um, we probably have the most in-depth recruiting coverage on the whole Rivals Network. I got about <laughs> – I got about, I got a hot board for every position with like 15 dudes. Louisville won't get any of those dudes and I have to redo it again in a couple of weeks. So if you want to look out for that, um, you know, we're trying to grow the community out there. So we're pulling out all the stops. We're doing, I'm doing a recruiting chat. It's going to be like this, but it's going to be me reading off people's questions and then you know, answering the questions. And you know me, I, I who knows what I'm going to say. <laughs> right. That might be good. Content. I don't work for rivals. I'm an independent contractor. So I, I can dress like I'm, I'm from the Bayou and, and say whatever. All
0: right. That might, that might be good. Co- that might be good content. Uh, you joke. And i talk about that. So I think we're going to attack Mike, Mike and I on the end of this, although we went long. So uh, I might just run that as a separate episode. I'm not sure, but anyway, uh, stay locked on the feed. Tweet at Rob Cassidy. Can we get him to come
1: back on the show for crying out loud? I mean, he's probably real busy staying in the house, not doing anything anymore.
0: <laughs> he was he was big on WrestleMania last night. You
1: know? Oh yeah, yeah. How did how did that work? Did they have anyone in the crowd?
0: No, no crowd.
1: We how do you have WrestleMania with no crowd? I don't know.
0: I think they did some pre-produced stuff too, so they could do more like special effects type things. So I don't know. I'm I, I'm with you, man. I'm 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 not a big wrestling guy to begin with, but I can't imagine how you pull it off uh, without fans. So we'll, we're we're going to be talking a lot about sports without fans here over the ne- the next yeah. six months or so. Fans uh, without sports. <laughs> yeah. So all right, that wraps it up for us. Uh, follow Dave at Rivals Dave. I'm at Rivals Woody, and uh, we'll be back with more podcast content as the old quarantine uh, rolls along. <laughs>